0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome into the Locked On Kings podcast. Hope you're feeling better than I'm feeling here on this Valentine's Day. I apologize for the wishy washy schedule here on the Locked On Kings podcast over the last week. Battling a pretty bad cold that I'm trying to get over before going on vacation next week. We have reached the All Star break. Hallelujah. So many players so desperate for this time off. Of course, many players are also going to be competing and taking part in the festivities of All Star weekend, which kick off tomorrow. So we have a lot to talk about and a lot to cover today and tomorrow here on Locked on Kings podcast. My name is Matt George. I'm sounding more nasally than normal. Again, dealing with a, uh, a bad cold here that had me sidelined for the past couple of days. So I apologize to those consistent listeners and new listeners who are tuning in on Monday or tuning in on Wednesday uh, expecting to, to get one of our daily Locked on Kings podcast. I just was not able to deliver that. So I apologize, uh, but I'm glad to be back and going to try and power through here for another somewhat brief episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. We're Going to discuss uh, the Kings lost last night in Denver to the Nuggets, one twenty to one eighteen. Uh, also, I have a a silver lining from that game, and then one really big doom and gloom uh, thing that we've talked about multiple times throughout this season, but it keeps rearing its ugly head, and it's really cost the Kings uh, multiple wins so far, and those could be things that come back to to bite the Kings in the butt if they ended up missing out here on this uh, playoff race when everything is all said and done. Also, because it's Valentine's Day, I thought, you know what, I have some Valentines of my own to give out to some certain Sacramento Kings players, uh, personnel, coaches, front office staff. I have a Valentines to give out, and this is something that I would love uh, for you guys to be involved in on the Locked On Kings podcast and on our social media. You can uh, reach me on Twitter at mattgeorgecagedk. Uh, you can email me at any time, mgeorge@sacklocalmedia.com. I get emails daily. I try to respond to as many as I possibly can. So keep those coming, keep flooding in, uh, because I, I I love enjoying those. I love that interaction, and that's the purpose of this podcast. It's not just for me to be able to to speak down to you. Uh, it's for you to be involved in the conversation. This is just as much your platform as it is mine. For those of you who are new, hello, welcome. My name is Matt George. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK. That's the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. I work there as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist and reporter. And we covered, as we do every single Kings game. We had the the Kings and the Denver Nuggets last night. A game that the Kings were up by 17 points at one point. They got off to a ridiculously hot start, putting up 41 points. <clears throat> excuse me, points in the first quarter. Mike Malone, uh, former head coach of the Sacramento Kings, one of my favorite coaches and favorite guys in all of the NBA, who's been doing a fantastic job coaching this Denver Nuggets team, and is actually uh, going to be coaching Team LeBron in the 2018 or excuse me, 2019 All Star game. Uh, Coach Malone uh, was ejected in the second quarter right before the end of the first half. He was visibly frustrated with how his team was playing especially defensively if you remember Mike Malone's time here as the head coach of Sacramento or the Sacramento Kings one of his mottos and one of his challenges that he'd have for all all of his players is he always he would always challenge his players to try and hold teams or hold a team to under 20 points uh, in a quarter specifically either the first quarter or the fourth quarter and after giving up 41 points in the first quarter and then 28 in the uh, in the second he was clearly not happy uh, he was also fed up with some Pretty shabby officiating on both sides. I'm not going to say that uh, that one team was screwed over more than the other. The officiating really was not good in this game. Uh, the Denver Nuggets got away with a bunch of traveling. The Sacramento Kings got away with a bunch of uh, push-offs. And and there's a lot of physical play and, and a lot of non-calls on both sides of the floor uh, that had both coaches, both players, both teams, and both fan bases uh, very, very frustrated in this game. So it was a rough, a rough night for the officials, but Mike Malone ended up having a short night, uh, being uh, ejected in the second quarter. And then he was still able to speak with his team and interact with his team and work with his team during halftime. And And I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in that locker room because I'm sure he had plenty to say to try and light a fire under his team. And the halftime adjustments worked. Denver Nuggets come out, uh, score the Kings 35-22 to 22 in the third quarter, and then hold on in the fourth to complete their 120-118 to victory. Sacramento Kings had a chance to win the game with a buddy-heeled three-pointer off of an inbound. He nearly got it to fall. He caught the ball with his back to the basket with .8 seconds remaining, managed to turn around and get the shot off in time, just clanked off the heel of the iron, and that's all she wrote. Every time a game is decided by by two points or three points or one point or even four points you always look at certain stretches certain uh, certain situations and go man if only the kings had cashed in there or man if only the kings had had done this better uh, one of the things we can definitely talk about is buddy healed's three point shooting he missed a, a multiple wide open three point shots in the second half and you know, I'll take a little bit of responsibility for creating some kind of jinx if you want to put it on me if that makes you feel better, that's fine because I tweeted out in the first half cuz Buddy Hield got off to another great start offensively for the Kings. I tweeted out that Buddy Hield has made such an incredible transformation this year that he's gone from a uh, he's gone from someone who we weren't sure if he was going to be consistent enough to be able to be a starting two guard in the NBA to someone now who, of course, he's a starting two-guard in the NBA, and every time he puts up a shot, you expect it to go in. That's the transformation that Buddy Heald has gone through in a matter of months here. So when he's missing wide-open threes like he missed a a couple in a row in the third and fourth quarters uh, of this game... It was surprising. And, and naturally, of course, I, I tweet that out, and then he goes on a little bit of a cold streak. So, again, I take full responsibility for that. But he had a chance to win. Unfortunately, he was not able to knock the shot down. He still managed uh, a pretty good performance 25 points leading his team in scoring. He was 9 of 23 for the game, though. He did, or he was tied with Paul Millsap. Uh, for the game's highest score. Now, Paul Millsap was the reason why the Denver Nuggets were even in this game in that first half. The Nuggets could not get anything going offensively. Uh, Nikola Jokic, as as great as he is, was uh, struggling from the field offensively. Now, he was a a, a terror on the glass, and we're going to talk about that in uh, in just a minute. Uh, And he finished with another triple-double. that's 12 triple-doubles now for him on the season. So he had himself a good game, but offensively he got off to a slow start. Jamal Murray, remember, who had... 32 of his 34 points here in Sacramento in the second half. Got off to another slow start there. And uh, it was because of Paul Millsap that the Nuggets were able to hang around and keep it close. Now, I say close. The Kings did build a 17-point lead at one point in that first half, but you knew the Nuggets were just too damn good. They weren't going to go away. They were home. They have the altitude. Uh, They have head coach Mike Malone being ejected and and that firing them up. You knew the Denver Nuggets were not going to stay down and were not going to go away. Anytime the Kings build a big lead early on, they tend to... Allow it to slip a little bit. We know basketball is a game of runs. Uh, and vice versa. Every time the Kings have been down uh, by a significant margin early, typically we see them stage some kind of comeback. We saw them do it against the Miami Heat only a couple of games ago inside the Golden 1 Center. So you would expect that in this game, so nobody was surprised when Denver ended up making their run and uh, and getting back into this one. The most frustrating part, though, about this game, and it's been the most frustrating part about the Kings to me so far this season. Now, if I was to ask you, and I've asked this before, what the most frustrating part of this team was, I think a lot of people would say, you know, it's the Kings' defense. If they were a better defensive team, they'd win a lot more games. And while that's true, giving up second-chance points and giving up offensive rebounds is probably, to me, the most frustrating thing that can happen in basketball because, or especially, when you're a bad defensive team. When the Kings struggle like they do to create stops consistently, and especially consecutive stops or stops in big moments of the game, when they do create that stop but are unable to secure the rebound, giving a team another opportunity, and the more opportunities you give offenses in the NBA to score, the more likely they are to score. NBA is an offensive-driven league. So the Sacramento Kings once again were murdered on the rebound differential, especially on the offensive glass. 14 offensive rebounds for the Denver Nuggets, totaling 24 second chance points, including the game winner. Nikola Jokic T- uh, scores tied at 18. 17 seconds remaining. Uh, Nuggets are trying to dribble down to to get one last shot. Goes to Jokic, puts up a flipper in the lane. Bounces off the heel of the iron. Kings get their stop, except Nikola Jokic works his way inside. After taking his shot, he follows his shot and tips the ball in with 0.8 seconds remaining to eventually win the game for the Denver Nuggets. Remember, the Sacramento Kings' first meeting with the Golden State Warriors in Oracle Arena. The Sacramento Kings were leading for the majority of that game. All they needed to do was create a stop. They were uh, up by one point. They create the first stop. Warriors get the offensive rebound, get the put-back bucket by Kevin Durant. Kings end up losing that game by one point. Offensive rebounds have demolished this Kings team so far this year to the point that I'm willing to say that if they don't find a way to not completely correct the issue but address the issue and fix it consistently for the remainder of the season, they will miss out on the playoffs. Offensive rebounding has Demolished this Kings team so far this year. And like I said, when you are a bad defensive team and you do get stops and you're able to create stops, especially in crucial moments, you have to make sure you secure the rebound. And that's not on any one player. That's not just on Willie Cauley Stein. That's not just on Marvin Bagley or Harry Giles or uh, Nemanja Bialica. That's on everybody. Crash the boards. When you know you have struggles and troubles keeping guys off the glass, Team rebound. And remember the situation that we talked about with um, Willie Cauley-Stein and Marvin Bagley trying to keep Joel Embiid off of the glass. Willie Cauley-Stein ended up boxing out Embiid and pushing him away from the basket, allowing for Marvin Bagley to go and grab the rebound. Same thing applies here. If if you're not able to get over Nikola Jokic and secure the rebound, one player boxes him out while the other floor attack the bat or other four rather attack the basket and try and grab that rebound and secure it. That's the difference between winning and losing games in this league for the Sacramento Kings team right now. And. Well, I'm not going to say I'm angry by any means that the Kings lost to a team as good as the Denver Nuggets, when you're in a position to win those games and it's because of le- rebounding that you lose, it just becomes so much more frustrating. So that's something that I know Dave Yeager is aware of. I'm not saying anything that the Kings don't already know they have to fix and have to correct. Dave Yeager's been very open and honest throughout the season, talking about how a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're just undersized, they're young, uh, and compared to most of the teams in the league. While they may have the height, they don't have the bulk, the width. The yet uh hence the reason why you saw Costa Cuvos in the game there in that fourth quarter uh trying to get some one some rest for Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein and and the rest of the Kings bigs who are playing at altitude, which always has an effect on the game uh, in Denver. And number two uh, was you were looking to get a bigger body to help match up with Plumlee and to help match up with Jokic, and that's what uh, Costa Cufos at least tried to do there in that fourth quarter. It didn't work. Overall, Jokic out-rebounded the combination of Giles, Bagley, Willie Cauley-Stein, and... um, Nemanja Bielitsa. I believe Jokic finished, yes, Jokic finished with 18 total rebounds. The four of them combined finished with 13 total, so that's not going to get the job done, but look, Jokic is one of the best centers, if not the best center, in the NBA today. He's playing absolutely fantastic basketball. The Denver Nuggets are a great team, and the fact that the Kings kept it close is my ultimate silver lining. Against the Warriors, against the Denver Nuggets, the two top teams in the Western Conference this year, the Sacramento Kings have hung around and taken it to the wire on most of these meetings, and that's something that I can appreciate as growth. Now, it's sour grapes to so many uh, fans, right, because you want to see the Kings win these games, especially when they're in the midst of the playoff race and there's no such thing as a, a moral victory or you don't get gold for second place or whatever the saying is. My point is that this is something that the Kings weren't able to do consistently last year, and if the Kings are able to make it to the playoffs this year and face one of those two teams in the opening rounds, assuming the Kings make it the 7th or 8th seed and the current standings hold up top, the Kings are going to make them interesting series we know the Kings have given the Warriors trouble consistently throughout the season even though they haven't gotten a win and with the exception of the first meeting between the two teams the Nuggets and the Kings in Denver the Kings and Nuggets have put on quite a show which I think is exciting overall for this Kings team if they can make it to the playoffs even though they will be heavy underdogs and not expected to make it out of the first round they can make things interesting and make things difficult for their opponents and ultimately that's what we all want to see here in Sacramento So I have a couple Sacramento Kings Valentines to give out. And again, I want you to be a part of this. Let me know who you are sending your Sacramento Kings Valentines to and your reason why. And, and you'll get an idea of how this works or how I'm thinking it's going to work here so far. And the first one's going to be an obvious one, something we've already talked about here in this podcast. And my first Valentine goes to Buddy Heald. The jump and the growth that he has shown from last season to this season is nothing short of astounding and mesmerizing. And look, we knew Buddy Hield was a gym rat. He's been like that since he was a young kid all the way up to where he is today, but the amount of work that he put on and uh, and 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 did during the summertime in order to to come into this season with a new confidence, get another start uh, or get another stint as the starting two-guard with the Kings? Because remember, last season, he started at the two-guard position and shot himself out of the games, never looked comfortable, and the Kings elected to bring him off the bench consistently for the remainder of the season, and we were discussing this summer, is that going to be his permanent role, or can he make that next step? Can he take that leap and consistently be a starting two-guard? Well, not only has he taken that leap and taken that next step, guys, he has become one of the best Two guards in the league and one of the top three shooters in all of the NBA, uh, behind the Splash Brothers, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. You cannot put a, a a a measurement or a number on how magnificent of a season and transformation Buddy Heald has made here in his career. The fact that he has stepped into this role and embraced this role on the floor uh, for the Kings, providing scoring that, quite frankly, as good as De'Aaron Fox is and as good as Marvin Bagley is looking to be, without Buddy Heald's consistent production, if Buddy Heald was the same player this year as he was last year, the Kings would probably be a 20 to 25 win team. But because Buddy Heald is that consistent go-to scorer, we know his three-point shot won them the game in uh in Detroit. It almost won them the game in Denver last night, and it's won them a bunch of games so far this season. That big three-point shot, that clutch bucket, it always seems like it's Buddy Heald who has the ball in his hands. That jump that he's made has earned a valentine from me. I'm so thankful that the Kings have a consistent go-to shooter that can keep them in the game at any time in the modern NBA. That's something that the Kings haven't had for a very long time, really, since uh, Peja And Stojakovic. Speaking of Peja Stojakovic and that old Kings Team, I would like to give a sports Valentine's out to Vlade Divac, the Sacramento Kings' general manager. Uh, the assistant general manager, of course, is Pedro Stojakovic. He's one of many, and Vlade has had to deal with a very up and down, turbulent term uh, so far as this Kings' general manager. And and we know how frustrated fans were the the summer of that Vlade went through drafting Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic the the turmoil that spun out of control from that not just from the national media but from many in the local media and many Sacramento Kings fans that were angry uh, calling for Vlade to be fired Uh, the frustrations of fans lingering from the DeMarcus Cousins trade and how that entire situation was handled Uh, the feeling from fans like the Kings weren't going anywhere and in fact are stepping backwards and just getting into more and more trouble are continuing to be the laughing stock around the NBA. Vlade has come in and has changed that in one season. Now, it's not all on him. The players are performing. Head coach Dave Yeager is doing a fantastic job with the rest of his coaching staff. But Vlade Divac has built this team with a clear plan and a clear image in mind, and he's carried that out despite the fact that things were ugly at times or he looked like he could make gambling moves or or other things that might give him better job security, help him get a couple more wins here or there by getting this player and sacrificing the future. Vlade did not take those options. He did not shy away from the fact that he could lose his job with this build. In fact, he, he stepped down, openly said, if the Kings aren't at a certain spot, if they're not better than they were before the DeMarcus Cousins trade by two years, he would step down. Lo and behold, the thi- uh, it took a while. I mean, it was uh, uh, quite a grind last season, and I don't think we expected the team to be this good this year. But the Kings are competitive. They're much better. They're playing hard, and they're in a playoff race. And on top of that, now Vlade Divac had himself a fantastic trade deadline acquiring Harrison Barnes, who I tweeted out last night. I believe Harrison Barnes is going to be one of the best moves that Vladi Divac's ever made. Now again, you've heard me say on this this podcast before, I'm not the biggest fan of Harrison Barnes' His game. I don't think that he's a transcendent talent that is going to be the difference between the Kings winning a championship or not, uh, but he's a great player and seems to be a great fit for this Kings team so far in three games. He had a great night for the Kings. 19 points on 7 of 19 shooting. He was 3 of 9 from three-point range, uh, along with 11 rebounds and four assists and a couple of steals last night in Denver. So Harrison Barnes really had his first breakout game as an offensive player for the Kings, uh, and it it gave you a lot of hope and a lot of excitement for what's to come. So another Valentine to Vlade Divac. And my final Valentine, I was wrestling between... Two picks for this one. My honorable mention is Dave Yeager. I love what Yeager has done for this Kings team. Uh, he deserves the bulk of the credit, in my opinion, for how this Kings team has turned around. Uh, the Kings hired him with the the idea that he would develop this team into something special, and we're seeing the next levels of that being added onto itself. I sincerely hope that the Kings uh, make the right move and extend Vlade so that Vlade can then extend Yeager and this group, this core that they've built together, which also which the head coaches are just as much a part of as the young players. I'm hoping that all this core can stick together and make some deep playoff runs in the years to come. But he is my honorable mention. I could not give it to him though. I got to give a sports Valentine out to Harry Giles because I love this kid. I love what he does. I love what he brings on a nightly basis. I love his story, how difficult it is for someone to not just come back from the injuries and the setbacks that he is, uh, that he has faced, but to not play basketball for o- almost two years, and then to come back in the NBA against the best players in the world, words cannot describe how difficult of a test that must have been for him. And we saw him struggle early on. He did struggle last night also against the Nuggets. He got into foul trouble, had six fouls in, in 12 uh, minutes, and he, he ended up fouling out of the game. So he's not perfect by any means. But what Harry Giles has battled through to get to this point and then immediately his battles changed to significant struggles and life in the NBA and how you're going to adapt to what's being thrown at you. And you're undersized here, but you're getting in trouble here. You're guarding with your hands, but you have this incredible passing ability that we want to see. He's built and gone through all of the waves uh, of these these issues of being a rookie in the NBA while also coming off of the catastrophic injuries that he has come off of. And the growth that we've seen from him from the start of this season to today is nothing short Of inspiring, in my opinion. And he's also such a great kid, uh, has such a good head uh, on him, and a phenomenal teammate always very open, takes the extra effort to interact with the media, interact with fans, interact with his teammates. Uh, he is someone that I hope is a king for many years to come. I think he could be just as much of a glue guy for this Kings roster as Vlade DeVots was back in the early 2000s and the late 90s. So those are my sports valentines, or at least my Sacramento Kings valentines that I want to give out. If you have any Sacramento Kings valentines you want to give out, let me know on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK. You can also email me mgeorge@saclocalmedia.com. Tell me who you're giving it to and why you are giving it to them. I will share some of those on tomorrow's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Tomorrow night is the Rising Stars Challenge to kick off All-Star Weekend. Three Sacramento Kings participating in that more than any other team. You have De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, and Bogdan Bogdanovich competing in in that game, and then on Saturday night, two Kings featured. One in the skills contest—that's De'Aaron Fox, who is the favorite to win that skills competition, by the way—and then the three-point contest. Buddy Heald uh, is in that one as well. So a lot of Kings coverage throughout this entire All-Star break. I'm going to do everything I can uh, to be able to come in and record a podcast either on Saturday night or on Sunday night after all the festivities uh, have wrapped up, and and we'll discuss everything that happened during All-Star weekend. Because next week I'm out of town. I'm going on vacation with my family, which is why I feel even worse uh, that I've missed podcasts so far this week because of my sickness. Again, I apologize about that. I will do everything in my power to make it up to you uh, by doing a uh, an extra podcast, a bonus podcast here this weekend. Assuming everything is fine, I'm on the mend. I'm feeling a lot better today than I did yesterday, even though I sound like I'm about a a a, a five packs of cigarettes a day smoker right now. uh uh, tomorrow, I, I assume I will be back and will be okay and good to go, uh, able to host another Locked on Kings podcast. So I'll preview other Rising Stars game. In that one, and a lot more great coverage to come, so be sure to, to come back and stay tuned for that. Also tomorrow, I am hosting the Grant Napier Show on Sports 1140 KHDK. That's from 3 to 7 p.m. a.m. 1140 on your radio dial if you're local. You can also listen and stream it online, khdk.com, or via the KHDK app, which you can download either on uh, from the iTunes store, or from the uh, or the Apple Store, rather, or for Google Play, or, or whatever you go to. Uh, you can find that app and be able to listen to there. I have so many listeners uh, of KHDK. They're also listeners of the podcast, and I always appreciate you taking the time to reach out, letting me know, and being a part of my radio broadcast. Uh, so... Please do that. Take advantage of that. would love to chat with you there, and we can go into more detail about this Kings team, about the All-Star Weekend, where they are up to this point. A lot of stuff coming uh, tomorrow on both the podcast and live on the KHTK Airwaves, so I hope you are able to tune in for that. Until then, my name is Matt George. Sorry again about the inconsistent podcast this week. Hopefully, everything will go back to normal very, very soon, including my voice, because, God, I just sound awful, don't I? Thank you so much to everybody for tuning in. I appreciate it. As always, this has been the Locked on Kings. Kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network you are locked on kings your daily sacramento kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day